0: Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? It's Ricky Ventures and Marlon Madden, and we're back with you for another week of the Success Journey Show. Marlon, what's good, bro? How you doing today? Man, I try to. I just try to blend in with your background. That's what I try to do. Ooh, too. no, there's no blending in, man. There's no blending in with that, man. Woo. Yeah, you, see, you, you <laughs> see this? You see this, people? Every time yeah, I go
1: up yeah. the higher, he gotta do one better than me. You know what I'm saying? So now this is his mm-hmm. new
0: his new office that he yeah, built man. out the house. It's all my handiwork, man. It, it feels good, man. You, you put your uh you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I wrote down on a piece of paper and you know, had a vision, saw some videos, you know, and I was just like, I'm just gonna get started. And yeah. it's funny because I took the plan that I drew and I taped it on the underside of the desk and put the date mm. on there. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. For every project that I do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I tape the plan somewhere on that project, man. But yeah, it's my wife and I, we, I can't take all the credit. My wife did a lot of the painting stuff. I don't, I don't, I hate painting. Uh, so she definitely came in and was a savior on that part. Uh, and then also she's gonna be doing the decoration right now. She got some of the stuff in here, but she's definitely gonna blow that out. And, what you can't see is I'm on a standing desk right now. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. So yeah. standing up, standing up, doing the podcast. Um, and I made this standing desk uh, table here. Uh, you you see it. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. You know my my nights and the uh, here and this stylist is is walking past as I'm talking about all this. You want to come get on camera? Come, come on, world. Come see my beautiful wife. Come, come. You haven't seen her in a long time. Come, 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 come. Come, come, wife. Come, wife. Come, wife. Come, wife. Come, 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 wife, come, come, wife. Come, 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 come. a shout Real, out Real. for Come on. Come on. Come see. Watch out for the cord there. Yeah. Hey, there she is. There she is. There she is. That's the whistle. Yeah. So, she, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Everything is going good on my end, bro. Just, you know, working and. Uh, doing some projects around the house was the first project we got done. And it just brings life when you start able to do some stuff like this. And um, uh, but other than that, man, it's running around with these kids, man. It's being, I, I, like I say, man, I, I, I work full time. I, you know, have, have the businesses after work, do the projects after, after work, and then run a taxi. At the Same time, you know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell <laughs> me about it. Um, yeah, man. Hey, I
1: know everybody... You know, what, what I want a lot of people to think about, our travelers, is you made that that at the top of the year or last year at this time you were making some New Year's resolution because I know that's what you guys love to do. And, and on our show we said we're not going to make New Year's resolutions because we don't believe in them in the form and fashion that everybody else does. So I what I want you to do while you're driving, listening to this, like Ricky said, our show today is going to be awesome. It's going to be a, a a very it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Uh, but Uh, While you're driving, you're on the beach, wherever you are right now, and you're listening, just think about what you said you're going to accomplish at the top of the year and all the goals and aspirations that you had, and just see where are you right now? And does it make sense that you make those uh, 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 New Year's resolution or you implement it a different way? And if it's not working for you with the New Year's resolution, um, go ahead and implement it a different way. If you made a New Year's resolution and you accomplished it, hey, keep on doing what you're doing. But we just want you to know that into the new year, um, we don't wait for stuff to happen. We just, if it's, if it's December and we have to make it happen in December, I'm not waiting for January. So yeah. um, go ahead and just lock in and just take advantage of life. Because you saw as, um, when everybody listened to this, I know it's going to be late, but you know in Kentucky, those people there that were going to make New Year's resolutions for next year, they didn't know that that was their last night they were going to be alive when that tornado hit down. So go ahead and seize the day, take advantage of all the stuff that you can do um, today uh, or while you're currently alive. And um, that's all I have. man. Hey, you can pick up our, our stuff, the successjourneyshow.com is where you can find all our stuff. If you want to pick up some of our apparel, you can do that on there. Check out any platform, the success journey show, the success journey show on YouTube, uh, uh, Instagram, on on TikTok is Success Journey Show and on Twitter is Success Underscore Show. And, and yeah.
0: that's about it. Yeah, so stay tuned, guys, as we transition into the next segment. Peace. hey what's going on travelers welcome back welcome back we are here at the greatest segment of our show and that's when we bring on a guest a guest i'm uh, my words are all tangled up today but a guest and we're going to dive into her story and it's none other than lizzie Hervetz. And vets and make sure i pronounce your last name right so say it again for everybody but lizzie thank you so much for joining us on the show
2: Thank you so much, you both, for having me. I'm Lizzie Horvitz. You are very close.
0: <laughs> great, 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 great. See, that, that's, a, that's, that's a personal a lot, goal that's I've a had on my, that's yeah, from on my list. You know, you should see the pregame. I'm like, all right. Lat Horvitz, Horvitz. He messed up my,
2: He
0: messed up Smith. <laughs> He'll mess up Smith. Rick will be like, it's I'm Michael
1: Rick is Smith.
2: <laughs> 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 it's amazing.
0: So oh, weird. man. But yeah, thank you so much for being being with us. Why don't you share with all of our listeners and travelers all over the world, just a little bit about yourself.
2: Thank you so much again for having me. So I started a company called Finch, which is um, basically a platform that encourages consumers to make better purchasing decisions based on the sustainability of products. So we rate products based on a variety of attributes, give them a a score between one and 10. And then when they're shopping, they can choose a product. We'll tell them, you know, this gets a four out of 10. um, There are better options out there. We'll propose other options. Um, I got into that because, so I've been passionate about sustainability for my whole career. Um, I fell in love with sort of climate change solutions when I was 16, I lived off the grid. I went to a school in the Bahamas that was run just on rainwater, um, solar panels, wind generators. So it was to the point where like, if it didn't rain, we were not allowed to shower. We went, I think, 13 days without without showering. And this was 2004. So if you guys remember back to then, people obviously knew that climate change was happening, but it was in no way in the media like it is today or, or really a, an understood thing to the extent that it is today. And so um, the way that I explain things is that I saw the solution before I fully understood the problem. I saw this beautiful way of living um, that doesn't rely on fossil fuels and just wanted to dedicate my life to it. And so after college, I I worked at a nonprofit doing environmental um, environmental advocacy. That took me to get my MBA and my master in environmental management at Yale, where I really focused on what companies can do to reduce their, their footprint um, and to be more sustainable. And from there, I went to go work for Unilever, which is, I'm sure you guys have a bunch of Unilever products in your in your house. It's Ben and Jerry's ice cream. It's Dev soap, Axe Body Spray. Okay. A um, lot of different products there. And I was doing supply chain and then sustainability for them and had a great experience, but um, realized that Well, basically what happened was a lot of my friends and family started coming to me with questions around how they could reduce their own footprint. So, you know, I just had a baby. What type of diaper should I be buying? Or I just bought this deodorant. What is this ingredient doing in there, et cetera? Mm -hmm. I didn't have all the answers and I didn't know where to look. So I started a newsletter just aiming to sort of distill this type of information. And that sort of took on a life of its own and Finch was born.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, man. There's so much that you said in there um, that we'll go back going to go over. But the first thing that jumps off in my mind was you're going and you're living off the grid completely. Right. At 16 age it's at a young age. Right. Um, what that first night, I know, I know you had, and the first night was probably exciting. And if you can even remember that, that night, the first night was probably exciting, but was there ever a time you were like, I need to go back and get some, you know, I, I need to go back to natural, uh, uh, utilities, uh, because I can't do this right now.
2: Absolutely. I'll tell you what I wrote my college essay on, which was about halfway through the, the experience. It was a three month trip, um, in the Bahamas and halfway through, they take you on this sort of kayak excursion where they drop you off on the beach completely alone. And they leave you with like a handful of granola and a bagel and that's it you're not allowed to bring like anything else and i was sitting there and i was at first kind of excited like i've never ex- I, I didn't grow up with parents who were super outdoorsy so i wasn't camping or doing anything like that this was totally foreign to me and all of a sudden these massive crabs the size of like dinner tables Uh, Or sorry, dinner plates started crawling out of the sand and coming up to me and started crawling all over me. And I got so terrified. I actually ended up throwing up because I was so scared. And that was that was one moment in my life where I was like, what am I doing here and how do I get home immediately
0: <laughs> oh, wow that would be that'll be enough for anybody I don't care yeah. what you do. doing and to
2: this day I really hate crabs I cannot, I cannot <laughs> it's been 16 years and I'm like get me away
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness oh man so you know you ended up there as a sixteen-year-old in the Bahamas. I'm from Jamaica. I have to, so you know, we, we, that's a fellow island. Um, but what? How? How do you convince your parents? Your parents are not out, out outdoorsy. That's right. Yeah. And you're, you It sounds like you're. You're about to train to be um Hannah. I don't know if you ever watched
2: Hannah.
1: <laughs> 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 right. So how do you convince your parents? Like, Hey, let me go be this, uh, assassin. <laughs> I'm going to be trained to be an assassin. How, uh, uh, how do you convince your parents to do that?
2: It was amazing. So, so more of the backstory is that I went to the same school from preschool through what was supposed to be 12th grade. Um, it was like 60 hmm. girls in a class. It was tiny, same people that you you know, were yep. three years old in class with you would graduate with. And I wanted to be um, a famous actress, I want I was really into singing and acting and mm. loved that whole scene. And I got into high school as a what 1415 year old and realized that I actually wasn't very good at acting. <laughs> um, and so I should probably, I should probably find something else to focus my time on. And my mm. parents, I have to say, were fantastic. They were like, do you want to switch schools? Do you want to try something else out? They, they sort of opened up that door to me, um, which I'll be forever grateful to them for. Um, and they were probably relieved. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were like playing the recorder all around the house. (laughs) Um, And luckily the school in the Bahamas had, had, um, taken kids from my school before. So it was, fairly understood oh. um and they could talk to other parents and things like that so they i think they were fine about it but my sister had just gone to college and so for the first time they were empty nesters and i don't think enough about how tough that must have been for them but i'm you know to this day i'm super grateful obviously
1: man wow. uh, so but before we go to the next question rick so that's two people in a, let me tell you something you guys are very insightful you guys you guys you great minds are very insightful because Last week, we interviewed one guy. He said he loved basketball. And at the age of eight years old, he figured out he was not going to make it to the NBA. And now you at 14 (laughs) is saying, saying, figured it out, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm 43. And sometimes I'm on the court. I'm like, I could still make it to the NBA. I mean...
2: I still have, I still think I'm going to become like a professional hockey player. And I've like barely (laughs) been on the ice before. So I totally understand what that's like, but it was best for everybody that, that I moved away. But I think what's really interesting is that, you know, 16 is such a ripe age to sort of search for what you think you want to do for the rest of your life. And I don't think it was the fact that the it's not like I was waiting to find climate change and it just stumbled upon me. It was like I was at that age where probably had I gone to astronaut camp, I would have wanted to be going to space. Right. It would have been something. Okay. Totally different. And so it's I think it's more about the age and sort of like what's happening in your life at that time. That really defines that more so than the subject itself, if that makes sense.
1: Yep. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense.
0: So you, so you're in now into this sustainability. Hey, I'm getting introduced to it. And like you said, it was at a, a point where a lot, not too many people were talking about it. Um, I know in my circle, uh, my background engineering, engineering. I don't think I even shared this on a podcast ever before. So all the listeners, it's something new about me is um, one thing that was very popular was a lead Certification, being lead certified. Yeah. Right. So, you know, everyone, all the engineers are like, I gotta get lead certified, I gotta get LEED certified. And what it is, it's um, I'm not gonna tell you what the acronym means. Or I'm, I'm gonna mess it up, but some leadership and energy and all that kind of
2: design, Inefficiency.
0: Yeah, there we go. Yep. Yeah. Um, so being a professional, everyone's raving about you gotta get it, you gotta get it. Uh so of course, most of us, most of us that were engineers got it. That's to, to help promote sustainability and design and things of that nature. And that was in like 2000, early 2000, mid 2000, somewhere around there. So when you're saying it was 16 out there, yeah, a lot of people weren't really talking about it. You know, nowadays, it's a little bit more prevalent uh, in the media talking about, you know, sustainability and, you know, going around different buildings. You can see the garbage cans split up in different fashions. You know, a lot of different things are now publicized a little bit more. But back when you were doing this, like you you come off that beach, off that experience. You know what's in your your mindset now as you're moving forward uh, in this space. Like, how did you know what to do next, or who did you talk to, or how did you just keep pursuing this uh, at that day and age when it wasn't as you know prevalent?
2: So, you know, I spent a lot of energy back then that I don't miss trying to convince people that this was even happening. Um, You know, there were so many more (laughs) deniers, for lack of a better word at that point, who um, weren't even sure that the that we were having an effect on the temperatures changing. And then it was another hurdle where even when people thought that we might, it was like, well, what are we going to do about it? You know, it's going to we're going to lose so many jobs. And it's it's the same rhetoric that that people are talking about now still, but it's much it's a much smaller population and they're definitely not the majority. So I think I spent a lot of time and energy, trying to argue with people that this was the right move. Um, And then, you know, I, in my high school, there wasn't a lot going on for for sustainability, so to speak. So I tried my best to sort of integrate that into the school curriculum to to the best abilities. but obviously, you know, that that was an uphill battle. My school was really open to it, but it, it didn't stick or anything like that. I was just one person. And then my college decisions were based solely off of their environmental studies um, curriculum. And so that was something yeah. that I knew I wanted to continue. And what was helpful for me and what still is really important to me is that I'm surrounded by people who share similar interests and values and can connect on these types of issues. Um, and so I feel like once I was in college, it was not only the times changing, but also I was just in this little bubble in Vermont where everybody understood that this is important. Um, I really felt comfortable again. Mm. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that. Yeah. Go ahead, Marlon.
1: Y- Yale, right? So then you say, all right, I like their program. So I'm going to Yale. Does that that is, Explain how that works, because it's not just a school. You just say, oh, I picked you right? <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so I, um, that process. so I went to undergrad in Vermont at Middlebury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was maybe my sophomore or junior year of college. I learned that there was this graduate school at Yale. Um, it was called the forestry school and I kind of became obsessed with it and was like, I want to, I want to do that someday. Um, I believed, I don't think I was like smart enough to really make this a conscious decision but I I decided to work for a couple of years as opposed to going straight to graduate school
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and I worked at this environmental advocacy organization which I was obsessed with it was called it's called the Natural Resources Defense Council I still think it's the best environmental nonprofit out there and it actually, as an aside, was like the worst place to start your career because it was the most amazing group of people and the most amazing experience. That it's like, oh, the real world actually. That <laughs> doesn't a look like edge. this. And like, <laughs> yeah, oh no, yeah. it is. I just got really lucky. <laughs> um, so I was there, and it's a lot of legal support. It's um, it's like suing the government if they're making bad decisions, or suing companies that are illegally polluting, et cetera. And I just thought I would rather be within those companies making decisions from within versus, you know, having to sue them once they've already done these bad things. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of had this aha moment at that organization that the the largest problems um, will be solved in the private sector. And we need, mm. we need nonprofits and we need all these other government entities, but I think the biggest solutions will happen in the private sector. And so Yale has a great joint degree program where you can go to the forestry school and get your MBA. And mm. so I, I just applied to both of those schools at the same time. Um, and I actually did not get into the business school my first time around. I got into the forestry school, but I didn't get it. I had... No business background. I got like a C minus in econ in undergrad, and that was <laughs> as close as I got. Um, so I didn't get into the business school, and I just decided I might as well just go to the forestry school and and reapply. And that's that's what ended up happening. Where I was there, and then I reapplied to the Bye. business school and um, and got in my second time around.
1: Mm. It was amazing.
2: I, I actually I applied. There are a couple of um, a couple of schools that offer the same program. Duke is one of them. And then University of Michigan is another. And I was really close to going to the University of Michigan, which would have been so fun to go to a big 10 school. And I was excited to go to football games, to be honest. Um, But I think just because I had been thinking about Yale since my early days of college, it just, it felt like the right decision.
0: Mm. Did did anyone ever um, have conversations with you around you know, uh, the potential of er potential earnings going into the sustainability space. Uh, Was that ever a consideration uh, in your mind as to, man, I'm going to school for this. Uh, On the other end, are there jobs that, you know, support what I want to do in my life uh, or what was? as my, what, what do I, you know, how do I see financial uh, benefit from, you know, working in, in this area uh, for myself? How do, you, how do you think about that aspect? How do you I think, think
2: I think that was a really big reason why I decided to go to the business school. Um, my dad is a lawyer and I remember him giving me really good advice, which was, you're still so young and there are so many different paths to go where worst case scenario, you completely shift interests. And at least you have an MBA, right? If you're going to go to grad school, instead of this niche forestry degree, which Mm -hmm. I mean, plenty of people are absolutely killing it with just that degree. So this is not to say that it's impossible, but that was from a financial perspective. um, That was sort of my mindset is that you, you do have a higher salary with an MBA and Worst case, mm-hmm. you have sort of the best bet of going into different fields with this more general degree as opposed to the specific ones. But uh, on the flip side, you are adding a year of graduate school um, mm-hmm. and tuition and everything. So it's always a trade off. Um, I think that I am a more, I, I'm just a stronger worker in so many different ways from both of those school experiences that I think Mm -hmm. it it paid off from a financial perspective but Mm -hmm. it's a tough decision I mean for everybody to think through how how to how to do this in your 20s nonetheless yeah
0: yeah absolutely no this is I'm I'm really glad you're bringing this perspective because I don't think I think a lot of people have seen you know just sustainability efforts but not necessarily know the effort that goes around uh promoting it um, and, and, living it every single day. Uh, I, I would love for you to just share a little bit more color with all of our travelers about like kind of break down kind of what, what you do like day to day in this space so they can little see a little bit more as yeah. to how, you know, your role impacts just the whole effort in, in general. Yeah.
2: I love talking about that. And just to, um, close the loop on what you were saying earlier. I remember when I was actually at University of Michigan at admitted students day at that sort of like big introduction, the head of Michigan said, said to us, um, the job that you'll have in 10 years doesn't even exist right now. And that has stuck with me forever (laughs) because it's so true. The sustainability field is moving so quickly that, um, you know when our kids are entering into this field they'll be doing things that I, I are so beyond my comprehension and and understanding and so that's part of the fun is that every day feels so different yeah um, in terms of what i do so you know when i was at unilever um i was working for these specific brands there were 38 brands in north america and um, people throughout the company would come to our team for questions like, how do we you know, how do we think about coconut oil versus avocado oil or mm. um, what are the transportation implications of um, a tin of ice cream versus margarine, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're thinking about all these different sustainability issues. Um, and that was super fun because you're sort of a generalist learning about all these different types of um, types of environmental implications. Right now, what's been really interesting is that I'm not doing sustainability on a daily basis. I'm running a business, Mm. which is Mm. um, completely different, right? So entrepreneurship at some point when you're the CEO and founder, you're not really like in the weeds every day of the actual, um, like the meat of what you're doing. You Mm -hmm. are, I mean, I'm, doing some really unsexy things like paying invoices and talking to lawyers about contracts and things like that. Right. And then, um, on the other side, I am thinking about internal operations for my team and culture and going on a retreat and things like that. And then sort of the middle bulk is really thinking about what do we need to get done in the next week, month, two years, um, to become the company that that we really want to become.
1: Thank you for listening to The Success Journey Show. Please follow us on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at The Success Journey Show. Also, check out our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show.
0: Hey, I got I to I pause real quick. I, I'm, I'm going to go crazy on the entrepreneurial side because that's what we love love doing. But real quick, you said something what's better avocado oil or coconut oil what is what, what, what was your response to that oh, yeah i got
2: it. You're putting me <laughs> on the spot. Hey, hey,
0: hey, free, that, 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 that's a bet that me and Ricky
1: been having.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I, um, shoot, I don't know for sure, so don't. Okay, okay.
0: yeah, yeah, just okay. your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think
2: avocados are a much thirstier crop, they require a lot more water, um, mm. and they're not grown in as many places as coconuts, and so, gotcha. um, coconuts are probably better from that standpoint, they're able to be grown with a lot of other crops as opposed to in a monoculture right where you're clearing the entire mm-hmm. plantation and only growing um avocados or like That's so gotcha. i would say coconuts are a better bet
1: okay that, good. that's a good answer you know just the, by you because i'm from the. i'm thinking about when you plant a coconut tree you don't really have to monitor it
2: no it's just, it just
1: there. it's just there when you have the avocados you definitely have to do some kind of, like you said, more water oh, and more everything. Because I, I lived in um, Temecula and in, um, oh, there was a big, uh, um, they're the number one, I think, in the, in the country when it comes to avocado. And they're, those guys were going, yeah, you're right, man. It's a
2: hard job. That's a good
1: answer. Yeah. A good answer. Nah, I like
2: that.
1: Nah, I like hey that. that. You sound like you're a professional, like you know about can, this stuff.
2: I can get my scientist to give you like a if I asked him right now, he would probably stay up all night writing like a five page summary about the the comparison. Figured it
1: out of the yeah. difference. Yeah. Oh, no, you <laughs> one of those guys? Just love it, right? Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> no, no, I had to I had to, act, I had to stop and ask that one real quick. So, um, back to just the entrepreneurial side, right? So. The first thing i wanna I want you to discuss on that end was making that transition mm-hmm. right so now you're doing things that are you know working on the business and not working in the business, and that takes a totally different skill set mindset. Um, what was your journey transitioning into that role um being a founder of your own company? going from doing everything to growing it so you're having people working with you and doing stuff and now managing things. Talk about that evolution a little bit.
2: Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I think I had a unique experience where I think what I didn't mention because it was sort of a a blip on my resume is that after Unilever, I went to go work for a startup based in Southeast Asia. Did I mention that? earlier? no. No, no. I went to go, um, I was pretty unhappy at Unilever. My, my day-to-day work was really interesting and I was learning a lot given my background, but it's really easy to get lost in a massive bureaucratic company like that. And don't I think they a fantastic company. I don't have anything bad to say about them, but I personally didn't, I wasn't super lucky there because I didn't have sort of a mentor who was looking out for me and you can get really lost. And so I was looking for other opportunities and I thought to myself, you know, this job at Unilever is really what I thought I would be doing for the rest of my life. This is why I went to graduate school. This is what I based everything off of. And so now that that didn't pan out, I need to sort of go back to square one and think about all these other options. And a, a friend's bro- older brother reached out and he said, "We, I started this company in Indonesia. Would mm. you want to do you want to come join? And I was like, absolutely. I, what do I have to lose? I have no idea about entrepreneurship. I don't know the first thing about starting a company, but I think I'm going to learn a lot and I'll get to go to Southeast Asia. So I pretty quickly became chief operating officer of that company, which was like so wild. Um, and I really learned trial by fire. This man, this boss, my, my friend's brother, gave me so much control and power. He was like, I trust whatever decisions that you make, just run with it. And so when you think about the juxtaposition to from Unilever, I had literally since I was 16, been training to do the job that I was given at Unilever and nobody gave me the opportunity to really like thrive um, and Mm. have the autonomy. You know, it was so hard to get promoted and people didn't believe in me, et cetera. To this role where I knew nothing, but my manager was like, just go for it. I, I believe you um, was really fantastic for me to just gain the confidence to be like, wait, I love this and I actually can do it. Um, and had I not had that experience with that company in Asia, I would have, I, I know for a fact, I would have never started my own company just because I didn't, I didn't think that I had it in me and I didn't think that I knew how to do it. And it turns out I really did. So I felt really confident going into Finch. You know, I decided right at the beginning of COVID, I'm just going to try this out. Um, I think the most important thing that that helped me was not worrying about what other people thought. And I, you know, I, I would run these ideas through my head, like, what if I fail? What if I, I can't raise money? I just actually, a couple of days ago, was going through an old journal of mine from those early days. It was like March, 2020. And I literally say like, what if I can't get anybody to... Um, work for me, or I run out of money, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like that's a badge of honor these days. To be able to say that you tried something and failed is pretty cool, I think, at least in the circle that I run in. And so once I was stripped of that, it was like, what do I have? I have nothing to lose? I also I was lucky enough to not have a family to support. It was just me. Um I think that made a big difference, but it was those early days were so fun where I, you're just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks?
0: Mm. Mm. So cool top, to top. fail. I love
1: that. Go ahead, Mom. Yeah, yeah. Cool to fail. i up oh, mad. Rick, Ricky is getting scary that you and I yeah, are right. <laughs> a married couple or something. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love. I, I, I would love for you to talk about your staffing because you talked about your scientists and all that, so people understand what it takes and also. And also, I'd like to talk for you to talk about raising funds, if you would. Um, so staffing and ra- raising funds, I definitely want our travelers to hear about this, because I think these are some of the things that they're really harping on once they get over the hump of not living through somebody else's lens, like you were saying.
2: Sure. So I, I started this company formally in April. In July, I posted on LinkedIn. I'm a huge nerd about LinkedIn. I think it's like one of the best platforms. I post on LinkedIn, you know, mostly just for myself to hold myself accountable. I I broadcast to the public, like I am doing this, I'm starting this company. If anybody wants to work with me, reach out. And the amount of responses that I got back was insane. It was like 85 people wrote me messages, 35 people commented, being like, I can't, I want to help you, I want to join, et cetera, et cetera. It was insane. Um and that is actually where I found a lot of my people where mm. it was like a friend of a friend or someone saw the post and and reached out and said, oh, Lizzie's doing this thing that we've talked about before, because the idea of Finch is not it's not not it's not brand new. Like people have tried this before and um, thought of the idea many times. And so it just was the type of post that got a lot of interest for whatever reason. And that's where I found Mark, who's my head of sustainability and scientific research. That's how I found my first several interns. Um, And, and then I found my first full-time hire, Jane, through um, a a friend who I think learned about what I was doing. And she said, she said, you know, Jane's moving back from LA to New York. She's looking for a job in sustainability. Would you be willing to chat with her? And our first call was just here's how I navigated, you know, graduate school and Unilever. It had nothing to do with Finch. And kind of as a, as an aside, I said, if you're, while you're looking, if you want to work for a couple hours a week, I could pay you an equity. Cause that's all I had at the time. I
0: was and, ask
2: you. and then it kind of evolved from there. And she is now like the most important person on, on our team. She's like keeping the ship running and keeping everything afloat. And so I would say in terms of staffing, it's like you just have to um, you have to say yes to people and give them a chance. The big caveat to that is um, I've gotten in some trouble with not doing proper like background checks and um, (laughs) like checking references. So that was those were some mistakes that I made. We just had a pretty bad experience where we found out that one of our employees had been. Not not pulling her weight, lying. It just wasn't a good situation, and so I now have had to backpedal. Where I just, it's it's not a fun thing to do, but I have to ask for several references and a background check and everything. And and I found that anybody who has something to hide, that's a problem for. But anybody who doesn't have anything to hide is more than happy to share that information. So that's been a nice change.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then, can you also expound on the raising? That seed money or raising, yeah. um, um, because a lot of man now that question turned into twofold. Talk about when you find somebody and you have to explain to them. Listen, I like what you do. I see you have the expertise, but I could only give you equity. Equity, yeah. And you have to convince this person that a this company is going to be X someday, right? right? Yep. Because the equity now that doesn't mean yeah that could mean like a bubble gum, because <laughs> they're like yeah. oh equity and what, but then, but then explain how you raise that money on the other side in order to um, have the funds to actually do that full-time hire and stuff like that.
2: Sure. I think I found that if I do too much convincing, it's probably not the right fit. If people are, Mm. um, if people really want to get paid their market salary, um, that, then working at a tiny startup is not the right fit for them. Um, There's too much risk. There's not, they're clearly not in it for all the different reasons. And that's not to say like people deserve as much as they deserve. Um, But it comes with a bit of like a leap of faith and taking a a pay cut and working twice as hard probably as, as other jobs. So I, 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 for me, I've taken that as a sign that it's not the right people. And for Jane and Mark, who are my full-time employees right now on the team, um they just love Finch so much and they want to be along for the ride that it's been it's it's worked out. Um And I also think equity, equity does turn it. I mean, we all have to convince ourselves within Finch that this will become a really huge deal. And so, right. I'm giving out equity that's going to be worth, hopefully, like of- dollars someday, right? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yep. like that I think people are more willing. But it's what I'm not interested in doing is is having people work for free because I think then that's the type of work that you get. Right? You get people who think that they have time for it, and then it's the first thing to fall down the list of things to do if something else comes up. Um, there's really no incentive to be a a team player if you're not getting any type of return. Correct,
0: return from it, yeah.
2: Um, yep. so I sort of decided early on that, and this is I think unique to other to a lot of other entrepreneurs. So there's by no means one way to do things, but I just I didn't want to bootstrap like that. I think there are plenty of entrepreneurs who have successfully been like, I'm going to have everybody work for free for me for a year, and then we're going to raise money and blah blah. blah. I just I just wanted. I needed that cash immediately so that I could get good talent. And I think to make money, you need to spend money. And Mm. so um, I, you know, there's so many conflicting values with that, like or not values, but so many conflicting things like to raise money, you have a better bet of, of being farther along, right? Having something to actually show. So I kind of had to balance all those things. And I did, I would be remiss to not mention that I, did start with a small amount of my own savings. Um, That's so good. Not, I didn't start with okay. zero dollars. I yep. had I had yeah. things that I put into it, which also helped because I was on the hook for this. Like anybody who wanted to work okay. for me, I was like, I'm putting my own money um, into this along with dedicating my my days to it. Um, so I think that was a good signal. And then, oh raising money was a journey. Um, we did a pre-seed sort of friends and family round And I think to be, to start a company like this, you have to think that you're going to become the next Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, fill in the blank, Yeah. but like nice people, not maybe those (laughs) two, you know, nobody, nobody works this hard to be like, I think I'm going to be like, you know, a small business owner, like pretty successful. You're like, I'm going to make it really far. And the more you tell yourself that the more you convince yourself of it. And so going into fundraising, that was the best thing for me was just to literally like pump myself up before every single conversation. And for every rejection I got, which were at least in the hundreds, um, I would think of it like, you know what? That's your loss. And you're going to be really bummed when you figure out that yep. that's actually the real deal. It's an
0: opportunity. Yeah.
2: yeah and, so, and I think I feel really lucky because I think that that's just as much a personality like in your blood and in your genes than it is something that I actively tried to do. Um, I, I tend to be just like more of an optimistic person. But the second that you start getting bogged down because you, you're second guessing your idea and what other people are telling you, nobody knows nobody knows what your capabilities are as well as you do. Right. And so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have a 30 minute conversation with someone and they say, I don't think you have it. It's like, what, what do you know? Actually?
0: Yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Exactly. So um, that helped sort of my whole mindset with fundraising and we got really lucky. We raised a little over a million dollars. And so that then was like, okay, off to the races. Now we can actually build something so that, um, you know, will get us to the next year, year and a half, and then we can raise a really proper seed round, which we'll do in probably like eight or nine months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, man, it. I'm loving it, man. Rick, yeah. I'm loving this uh, because, yeah. um, you know, usually when you see, it's funny how the dynamics of you, when you're into sustainability, you're, you're, you're working in that company and you're saying, this is, man, this is my ultimate, this is my job right here. This is the job I want. And then somebody offers you, because of your, because of the expectation that you thought that you wanted to have, you wanted to have the autonomy of doing and controlling and making a difference, right? Mm -hmm. You say, you say, hey, I'm going to, I have to leave. It's stifling my growth. And you Mm -hmm. go to somewhere where it's totally out of the realm of where you thought you were. And that's the thing that pushed the trajectory to actually get you to finish to to the goal that you wanted to actually, it's it, it's crazy how life works, right? So you know, Rick and I talk about this all the time because we're try when you try to make a change when you first come into that and not to jump with my soapbox, but, but when you first come into that realm, you think going to place X is to do it. So you know, Rick and I we talk about we, we're trying to build a college fund, right? Not college fund, but a a, a scholarship. Gotcha. And we're saying that, oh, the, the, the counselors at the school should be the ones that make the difference. Mm-hmm. But when you become a counselor, your hands are tied because of you don't have the autonomy to do what you want to do. You have to actually go somewhere else in order to be able to really inflict that change that you want to come down instead of coming up. And it, it, it's a conversation that a lot of people are not having because a lot of times when we want to change something we don't really understand that the positions don't allow you to do it like you think it is. Why, why did this person not do this? Well, they, they're really tied. So, you know, somebody hearing your story or travelers, I'm really happy because some somebody right now is at a job that they want to do something. They want to make a change and they're in the right spot, but they have no control. Hmm. And in order to get the control, they're going to have to make that leap
2: and you just have to leave like i think that um i recognize how lucky i am and it sounds like the two of you are to find things that you do every day that you're really passionate about not everybody yeah. has some people are just getting a paycheck and like more respect to them totally cool if you are lucky enough to be like the three of us you have to it's it, you owe it to yourself to find a day job that you love waking up in the morning for as cheesy as yeah, it sounds. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. You're doing a disservice to everybody that you work with, and most importantly to yourself. Obviously, if you're not getting the, if other people aren't seeing in you what what you know is possible.
0: Correct, correct. Oh man, this is this has been great. Oh man, this is. I mean, just the we've talked about so many different uh, dynamics or uh, different a- uh, aspects of your life. And to touch a lot of people's lives, um, from the schooling to understanding and having a passion in something, and going out and just starting to live it. Uh, from transitioning from the employee mindset to a CEO and founder mindset, for to believing in yourself um, through experience, um, being exposed to different things, taking chances for getting uh, 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 mentorship from your, your father, even in wisdom, and listening, to saying, "Hey, I'm young. Just go, go and go and experiment. Go, go in, and and see, and uh, uh, and and go ahead and write your path. And pretty much write your ticket to what you want to see in life. And man, I hope travelers across the world have really un- can can see the different dynamics that play to make up who you are to who you are today to be able to lead your team. I mean, I, I, you use a little words. You say, "Oh man," when you look back then. Uh, back in the, the uh, I forget the exact words you said, but it was like, it was like looking far back, but it was only 2020, right? It was like, oh, going to my journey, my journal. Like It was only 2020. I was like, wait a minute, that's only two years ago, right now, next month, right? Uh, but it, it seems like that when you're, when you're doing so much and especially when you're starting a startup and all the activity that goes along with that, um, to build up to where it needs to be. So man, kudos to you and just everything that you're doing. One, one question that we ask all of our guests is, you know, if you can go back at a point in time, um, and just have a a minute with yourself, you know, just steal them away and say, Hey, let me, I forget that movie. What was that movie? Um, Oh my goodness. I, I man, it was going to come to me after the show was over, but anyway, you go back in time get a get a, get a chance to uh, interact with yourself for a minute what would you say to yourself so and, and i'm gonna go back to the beach and yeah, 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 yeah. right right when those crabs start coming out of the out uh, of the sand if you could pull lizzie out you know and say hey lizzie come over here find this tree real quick let me talk to you uh what would you or the palm tree i should say you know what what would you say
2: It's so good. I think I would choose a different moment, which was right at the, my first day at Unilever in 2016. I had just graduated from from Yale. I was feeling so high. And then I got to this desk job and literally within five minutes was like, I've made a horrible mistake. I don't think I've, I i do not think I belong here. And I wish I could have told myself like, stick it out. It's going to be worth it because you, you will not get to where you're trying to go without this experience, even though it's not. Mm great in the moment and so yeah I think sort of contradicts what I said earlier which was you got to leave if you're doing something but everything's it's so cheesy and cliche but everything's happening for a reason so just yeah. write it out and be patient because everything that everything that people want will come probably
0: yeah absolutely be patient write it out I love the couple catchphrases that you used one was that uh it's cool to fail you know in circle that you're in. It's cool to fail because, I mean, you're experimenting something um, and just giving it all your, giving it your all and see what, what comes out of it. So uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, why don't you share with our, our, our travelers just uh, where they can find you, they can support you, uh, get, get onto your platform or whatever it may be.
2: This was so fun. Thank you both so much. So you can go to choosefinch.com, F-I-N-C-H, and our browser extension will be available in late January. And so I would encourage all of you to download that and make shopping a little more fun for everybody.
0: I uh, love it. Love it. Love it. Love well, tra- travelers, hey, we come to the end of another show. We thank you for spending some time with us today. So I don't know if you were traveling in your car, you are sitting in your living room. Um, well, depending on where you are in the world, it could be cutting your grass. I don't know. But, or or, or on the ski slopes, whatever whatever uh, floats, you know, whatever suits you at this time that you're listening to this podcast. But we want to thank you for spending some time with us. Hey, don't forget to go check out our website, the Success Journey Show. You've com. been listening and remember, to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more can information, you check out the year. Success time, Journey show. is here helping you to your destination.